Great British Drafting Show, an exclusive off-season series where we'll be taking a look at the 2020 NFL Draft every week and how the Panthers might approach it. We are part of the Riot Network, which is, of course, powered by Ortho Carolina. That's all your Panthers podcast you could possibly want in one place. Uh, if you learned something during this week's show, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from so that other Panthers can find and enjoy the show. Tell your friends about us and, as always, keep your opinions to yourself if you don't like what you hear. Uh, my name's Ollie. I'm one of the leaders of the Royal Riot here in the UK and I'll be your host right up to the draft. Thankfully, though, I'm joined by none other than our draft guru, Mr. Vincent Richardson. How are you doing, mate? I, I am not too bad, thanks. Yeah, yeah, not too bad at all. How are you? Yeah, good. Busy. Very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's uh, right. managed to find some time together to uh, record the next podcast. And, and we've done a few already, and we've looked back at the uh, Panthers squad at a whole. And, and last week, we went into our first position, a bit more yeah. detail around tight ends. <clears throat> this week, we're going to be looking at safety. Uh, yeah. So... If you've heard our um, defensive summary that, that we recorded a little while ago, then you'll know already a little bit more about where we are at safety. But if you haven't yet, or just for a quick reminder, um, Vincent, what would your overall assessment be um, at safety on the roster at present? So safety sort of in this odd position where they're not definitely going to see a huge amount of change, but there is a lot of change they could choose to make. Um, I think Eric Reed is really quite an interesting one in that the sort of the if, if all else fails, he you can roll him back out as a starting strong safety, and you know he 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 is being paid enough um, uh, that that it would be quite hard to move on from him in that role. But also he's played at a high enough level, particularly in the box, that that he could be a useful piece in that regard. But the the obviously with Luke Kigley leaving, he and with the Panthers maybe getting a little bit more uh, multiple defensively, he's also someone who could potentially see some playing time. Um, effectively as like a linebacker, particularly in passing situations, as obviously the the the, the run defense side of his game is is stronger than the coverage side. Um, you then have sort of the the returning people who are I think again just going to be back regardless. Uh, so Colin Jones I think is almost certainly going to be back. And at least in terms of training camp, we know Cole Luke is now going to be back. He can play a bit of safety, a bit of corner. Um, and there are probably um, the, the some of the usual faces might might come back as well. Um, sort of in terms of training camp pieces. Uh, Trey Boston is obviously sort of the the, the, the primary free agent at the position. Um, and I think even if they're rebuilding, which I think is probably quite likely, he is both young enough and probably going to be cheap enough that you could you could bring him back um, just as a either as a stopgap or as maybe uh, more of a sort of third safety um, in the way that he played more in the 2015 season, say. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a position that doesn't have any sort of clear long-term features. Like, you know, there's, there's no person who you can write into being, well, this is the strong safety for the next five years. Um, but also isn't one where they, they kind of have to rip everything up and start again um, in the way they might have to at some other positions. So, I mean, much like the Panthers roster as a whole, it's a bit in, in a state of flux at the moment. It kind of could yeah, go one yes. way or the other, really. Yeah, yeah, um, and particularly because it's one of the ones where you did have sort of two veterans starting last year um, who are kind of known entities and neither of whom are terrible, but neither of whom are sort of feature pieces of a defence. Depending on, on where else you can address, it either becomes an area that is one of your bigger needs because it's a, a, a relative weak spot or actually you can just bring the same people back and it's fine and you can actually fi focus on fi fixing bigger issues effectively. Okay, so I mean... 
as, as people may have worked out by now, you, you watch a fair amount of film. Um, yeah. So when you are looking at that film, what is it that you're looking for? What attributes are you looking for? I mean, I've looked at some of the stuff that you've sent over to me and, you know, in the in the sort of prose column, it's very much good footwork, good footwork, good footwork. And in the comms column, it's very much poor footwork, poor footwork. And it, it seems to be a recurring theme. So is that sort of one of the first things you're looking at at a safety or are there other yeah. factors that- I think you sort of build it up out of different different things like other positions. So for for pretty much every position in the NFL, there are kind of there is some value to just core athletic traits. And, and ultimately, those kind of can just prevent a player from ever really seeing the field. You know, if, if you can't cover the required space, then you can't really play. Um, so you do you, you generally that the first things you notice are those kind of sort of very primary athletic traits like speed, quickness. Uh, the movement skills in terms of change of direction, how they open their hips and how how quickly they can adjust uh, in terms of uh, agility and, and balance and all those kind of things. And then you, safety like sort of linebacker in a way is kind of this hybrid role where both run defense and pass defense are quite significant parts of their game. And obviously the difference between sort of a free safety and a strong safety, which is sort of a little bit how we'll discuss it um, as we go forward, there is more of a passing priority for one and a run priority for the other. But 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 essentially, you you want people who can who can defend both the run and the pass. But the one thing that's interesting with safety and and also with linebacker, I suppose, is that this looks very different between different teams, especially in college. So from a run difference point of view, you want to see people tackling technically well. You want to see them wrapping up. You don't want to see them just just fleeing their bodies at, at, at ball carriers. But you also want to see their ability to, particularly for strong safeties, you want to see their ability to work off blocks with hand placement. Uh, and, and getting inside placement on 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 blockers and using their hands to the, to then release off the blocks uh, to allow basically allow them to play in the box um, and also depending on on exactly how they were used you also want to see them taking sensible angles to the ball you don't see one of safety diving at the outside only to then be left in the middle of nowhere when the when the running back um, just just gets outside them um, so so uh, again those things are all reasonably subjective especially the angles thing can quite often be you noticed it when it, it's one of those things you notice when it's done badly you don't necessarily notice when it's done well um but that, then obviously the pass coverage bit particularly where the nfl is going is is really important and some of that comes from the athleticism so you know ultimately if you don't have the speed to cover cover the space or to run with receivers in man coverage then then you just can't get the technique to to cover for those facts but particularly if you want a safety to play in man coverage in the slot you you need to have the footwork you need to, to have uh, quick feet. You need to keep your feet moving. You need you need to be able to 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 backpedal. You need to be able to 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 flip your hips and and to to change direction to mirror receivers. And even if you're playing zone, you need to have a balance that allows you to change direction and accelerate to match routes. Um, it can't just be you standing still and then starting to run as soon as you see where the ball's going. Um, but you also want to see, particularly for 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 defenders who are going to play a lot of deep zone, you have to see you want to see the ability to read. And process what's in front of them, and, and, and not to be caught staring at the at the the intermediate route while it, while the route runs right over the top of them. Um, and again, it these aren't things that are easy to watch uh, without coaching uh, tape, and you do have to watch a region about, and also you have to you do have to surmise a little bit. But but you're looking for 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 the ability to process, the ability to see where the ball is going, the ability to 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 anticipate in zone, particularly if you want to play a lot of zone. And then you're looking for ball skills, the ability to compete um, at the catch point uh, uh, and just the ability to, to understand what their role is defensively and what the priorities are in coverage. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, 
it's kind of a, a, a combination of all of these factors as as it is for most coverage players or most defensive players not playing on the defensive line. Mm. So, I mean, clearly scheme is, is going to be important then in terms of what you're looking for. And you, you touched on it there. I'm, I'll be honest, I'll hold my hand up. I'm, I'm not an expert on, on these things at all. But I've, I've often wondered what are the, the well, rather than the obvious difference, but perhaps is the, the nuances and, and slight differences between um, free straight safety and strong safety in terms of what you're looking for in a player and, and how they line up. So I think in some in in some sense the, the the distinction is somewhat arbitrary and it does depend an awful lot on on what you want to do defensively. So some teams so say like if you go back to like the 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 Seattle defenses of the sort of the mid 2010s um, where you had a clear deep field cover three free safety in Earl Thomas and you had a a, a strong safety who played large predominantly in the box. Um, who who look to affect underneath passing patterns and to be an impact factor in the run game uh, in, in in Cam Chancellor and so you do have some sort of particularly cover three teams tend to have this kind of distinction of like this is the person who stands deep and affects the deep passing game and this is the person who stands short to middle and affects the short and intermediate passing game um, but you also have you know it's generally less common now but you do have sort of cover two teams where there really isn't much difference at all in in some instances and sometimes you play more of like a split safety look or or it, it it really can vary depending on what you want to do defensively and and like the ideal situation is kind of where the Panthers were in 2015 say where you had Kirk Coleman who was the deep cover safety you had Roman Harper who was kind of the borderline extra linebacker safety and then you had Trey Boston who would come in and sort of do little bits in between and they could they could kind of switch around exactly what they were doing because they had three safeties and between them they could kind of do everything so that there is a reasonable amount of flexibility and i think it's worth pointing out that whilst i've split the the prospects into free safeties and strong safeties some of them are more hybrid than others and so some are very much sort of this person can only really play deep coverage if you ask them to play in the box they're going to really struggle and others are primarily box defenders possibly even borderline linebackers and actually if you stuck them deep in a, in a cover two look they're they're probably going to struggle i mean a, a great example of that is eric reed who is actually a really really good run defender um, and actually not a bad short and intermediate um, zone defender. But if you stick him in cover two and ask him to run with a receiver vertically, he's, he's just not what he's good at. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does vary. And obviously we don't know what the Panthers scheme is going to look like. So it's, it's hard to know exactly how what they've got currently will fit into that and therefore what players would complement that. But I think it's probably fair to say that the, that they will be looking for players more on the coverage end, certainly to suit Reed. Whether that's more of a sort of a hybrid safety who can who can maybe allow him to play even more of like a linebacker type role, or whether that's just a pure deep field safety to sort of replace Boston, and maybe Boston moves into that sort of more hybrid role. Okay, so you you think Reed might sort of come further forward towards the line then, and and sort of try and use utilize some of his run. run yeah. Game? I think that's that's certainly the strength of it. That's a, that's a bit on tape where he really consistently stands out. And and I think there's there's it, so it, it, when he was in San Francisco. I mean, I'm not an expert on on the 49ers, but it, it seems like he he became more of a linebacker in inverted commas um, the the longer time went on. And I think it's certainly his best work is done in the box, and make probably his best usage is that kind of Cam Chancellor style box safety in a cover three. Um, whether that's how what the Panthers are going to do or not is still far from clear. But but even if the Panthers are going to use 
more of a kind of uh, versatile defense sticking him in deep coverage is not a good idea and although i think he's a perfectly competent starting safety if you're going to need two deep safeties you're going to have to find another safety to go with either boston or whoever starts a free safety because you you can't really play eric reed as, as a deep field safety i don't think okay cool well let's start to have a look at this class in a bit more detail before we do though Mm-hmm. as a whole you know what's your your take on on the class as a whole is it strong is it is it particularly weak I, class think, I think it's quite a strong cl- I, I think it, it's yeah I think it's quite a strong class I don't think there's any sort of absolutely standout um generational type safety I, I, I but there's there's probably a handful of of safeties who will get sort of top 50 pick consideration um and and over a fair range of kind of styles as well there are a few developmental safeties probably not a ton um generally developmental safeties aren't tend to be more like converted corners effectively it's like the rashawn gordon where you take someone who was sort of a big nickel and then you sort of say make them become a safety um there are a few of those in this class and that doesn't make them sort of bad prospects but they're they're not they're not sort of safeties with lots of athleticism because generally for particularly for smaller colleges safeties with lots of athleticism get played at cornerback so so it, it it's it's a mixture of kind of good prospects backup type prospects and sort of converted corners who are maybe more developmental i think would kind of be my system but it is i think it is quite a strong safety class certainly in terms of sort of the top the sort of day two type quality i think is very good mm. i mean if if the panthers are in a rebuild which i think mm-hmm we can say with some certainty that they are are some of these developmental options and i don't just mean safety but across the class could they potentially be something that the panthers might look at and think well they might not be ready now but we can we can get them you know fairly cheap in the yeah. job and develop them for a while and, and then lo and behold that they come good at when you need them to yeah i think there's certainly some value in that i think that the 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 two comments i would make there are that one it's teams do sometimes tend to like i've written about this a reasonable amount already on the right report but teams generally seem to think they're they're better at, at developing players than they are and i think yeah, sometimes yeah. they, they the same last week as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they get they do tend to get lulled into the idea of potential a little bit so yes there are developmental players and the developmental value is absolutely a thing there are loads and loads of examples of it being done well but but maybe that isn't quite as valuable um, as as some teams seem to think it is in terms of how they draft players. So that doesn't mean these are these are bad prospects. But maybe you, it's important not to talk yourself into someone earlier than you probably should just because their ceiling's quite high. You also do have to take a sort of a take into account the fact that they are a developmental option. They are you know Rashawn Golden was a developmental option moving from corner to safety. It didn't work. I mean, that isn't necessarily a terrible pick, but he would probably have been a much better value pick sort of in the fourth or fifth round. And I know that's a relatively small difference, but but it, it's it, it's that kind of carefulness that I think I'm talking about, that not necessarily terrible players, but just, just maybe the value you have to be a little bit more cautious about and take more sort of low-risk low players at other positions if if that's where it, it comes to i think i think the other thing i would say there is that in terms of developmental ability that is when interviews do become really really important and obviously all these evaluations here are, are based off tape predominantly um so 
if that is the path the Panthers look to go down, then then things like the combine interviews and, and individual workouts become so so important because you need to know you need to trust that this is someone you can teach and isn't just kind of limited by by uh, in terms of what they what what they've learned already is what they're going to learn type thing. Yeah, cool. All right, that that makes good sense. Well, let's let's dive in then um, and okay. talk about free safety first. Yeah. Who's um who's top of the pile for you then? So for me, um, the top safety is Xavier McKinney um, from Alabama, who is sort of stylistically somewhere between the kind of uh, Buffalo nickel type idea and, and um, a free safety. He didn't play a ton of, say, deep zone, for example. And if, if you're a scheme that, that wants to have sort of this classic um, center field cover three free safety, it's not that he can't be that, but you there is a degree of projection there. Um, but what he is uh, really good at is, is, is he's a very good man coverage player. He's got the, all the movement skills and the speed to run with receivers and, and, and also to play the, the, the deep zone. Just that wasn't really what he was asked to do. Good, good tackler. His footwork's really nice in man coverage. Um, and his zone coverage is, is good, but it's predominantly focused on the underneath um, zone for the most part in terms of the experience. Um, so, yeah, he he his his value will vary a bit to teams in terms of short term versus long term rewards. So if the Panthers do want to play m- more of sort of a an underneath um, free safety who 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 probably is more of that middle safety if you were playing a free safety system, um, then he is sort of very well suited to that. But if you want sort of this cover three center field ball hawking free safety, he has the skills to be that, but he hasn't really been asked to do that yet. So there is a bit of projection there. Okay, well, I mean that that's interesting. I'm, I've obviously been having a look at various uh, um, draft boards and mocks and, and things like that out there, and and a number of I've seen have got um, Grant Delpit at LSU. Yeah. Some going is like just outside the top ten overall. Yeah. Quite highly rated. Um, <laughs> you've put him at second so it's not yes. like you think he's trash no but, no i think he's you know what what's kind of made you say you know xavier is is that bit better and, and actually will probably go ahead of him so i i think grant delpit if, if a year ago delpit was probably the top safety on most boards um he he has all the skills to be a really dominant safety he is probably the most talented safety in this class but he didn't have the best 20 you know it was one of those things where he had a chance to elevate him from this really talented player into this dominant prospect and he didn't quite do it this year and that isn't sort of a massive criticism you know but but his tackling is a bit of a concern and also he needs to be technically tighter to really um make the most of the i mean he the enormous talent he has because he does have excellent speed and quickness with really good movement skills he can play he has the the, the physical traits to play man coverage to play the deep middle he's got the size to be sort of play in the box you know he he could be the you know all things to all men type type safety but um he needs to sort of prove himself more that he can just do the sort of the core technical things just really well on a more consistent basis um he was although his footwork is actually really quite good in man coverage um, and he can certainly run with most receivers he did get a bit grabby at times which is always a little bit of a a, a concern 
not a massive one, I should point out. Um, and whilst his zone coverage, there are some really, you know, there are some really nice plays in zone coverage with his instincts and range. Sometimes he looked a little bit hesitant, um, and 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 that's maybe something that either either he just needs to 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 kind of be more sure in in what he's doing, or that will take coaching. But it, it's just a slight hesitation. Uh, but I think probably that the the, the, um, the the biggest concern with him is his tackling at the moment. Um, it's it's not always bad. It's just sometimes he just flies in and looking to blow the guy up um, and doesn't actually wrap up at all. And he, he did have more, certainly more missed tackles than you'd, you'd really like. Um, so, yeah, he, he he is probably the the high ceiling prospect in this class. And, and I mean, I would be a bit surprised if he got taken top sort of 15 or so. I think that's maybe where he was going a year ago. But he's also a guy who would walk into the combine and completely blow everyone's minds and then gets taken sort of eighth overall. And while he has elite talent, I'm not sure he is already an elite safety, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, Next up, you've got um, Ashton Davis. Yeah. Who is pretty quick from the limited amount of film that I've seen. He's fast. Um, yeah, so he, he it's interesting because so there are some people who are really, really high on Ashton Davis and I can absolutely see where they are. Um, and he is probably the most like if if you want sort of the, that that, you know, I've talked about it a bit already, but the sort of the, the cover three center field safety, he is like the most pro ready version of that. That's kind of what he was asked to play in college. Certainly a deep, a deep coverage safety. He's got great range, good movement skills and speed, um, good ball skills as well and, and reads the game really well, you know. He doesn't. He wasn't really asked to play much man coverage. That wasn't really what he was asked to do very much. Um, certainly not uh, at a particularly uh, high level. And and you know he probably has the movement skills to do that. And he did do bits of it at times. Of course, he didn't never play man coverage. But that was not something that was kind of the core of what he did. And any team that wants a safety to to play more man coverage and play more in the box, probably he won't suit that. He is really a, a deep zone uh, safety. Um, the only other sort of concern I had a bit with him is that he did some of his angles to the ball as a run defender were a little bit over aggressive. He did get caught out a few times, but he, yeah, as a, as, he's a really good coverage player in terms of zone coverage. He has the potential to be a good man coverage player as well. Um, and his run defense is, is good, although it could be a little bit better, but yeah, he, he's, I, I think it's probably one of those things where he, he doesn't have the massive upside um, over Del Pitt and he doesn't have the kind of real can kind of do everything to a certain degree bit of McKinney um, and also doesn't really have the same ceiling I don't think but he is he's very much a not plug and play but but it would be a surprise if he busted if that makes sense he's one of the probably one of the safer um, safety prospects uh, ironically um, in in the draft and I think probably if the Panthers are moving towards more of a sort of a cover three, he would be a, a sort of a logical choice to kind of fill that sort of pure deep coverage safety role. Okay, cool. So um, next up, you've got a name that people may expect to be hearing a little bit further down yeah. the, the board. So you obviously rate this guy. He's, he's pretty big. <laughs> he is, he is, he is, he's a, he's a very large safety. Yeah. So, I mean, is that, do you think he's going to be more suited to, um, to, to the pass coverage rather than, than stopping the run then because of his because of the height he's got he's good at contesting the ball in the air or uh, uh, I do it all. so 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 this is, this is Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois yes. um that we're, that we're talking about so that's probably probably worth mentioning at this point um yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no, um 
But so yeah, he's like six three. He measures the senior bowler something like six three two twenty, which is just bonkers. Um, particularly for a guy who very much looks like a, a fairly slight, agile safety. He is quite leggy, um, which is not the end of the world. Um, particularly because he shows really good movement skills. But but um, he he does you know he he does not look like a two hundred and twenty pound man. I'll put it that way. Um, the sort of the 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 issue you do have at times with evaluating these kind of small school guys is that particularly for safeties where generally safety is for most defenses safety is not the most impactful position which is why it tends to be valued a little bit lower by teams and that, that, that that's kind of fair enough but if you're sort of a small school team that has like one really good safety player they quite often just get asked to do a little bit of everything and and, and you know he was pass rushing from sort of this sort of intermediate safety role he was given quite it looked like he was given quite a lot of freedom inside their defense to to just effectively try and make the biggest impact possible um and as a result he can kind of do everything but an nfl team will kind of have to work out what that actually looks like on the field so from from an athleticism point of view you know he's got good speed and quickness and his movement skills maybe aren't up there with sort of a mckinney but he's got good movement skills to the position um and so he does, you know, he flashes the, the the ability to play man. He did play man to a reasonably high level at times, although, of course, lower level of competition. But I think from what I've sort of seen and heard at the senior bowl, I think he did quite well there in that regard. He's got good ball skills. Um, he reads the game reasonably well, though, because he was quite often played sort of out of a clear structure. That's something that teams will really have to probe because there's a big difference between kind of making reading the game to make an odd splash play and reading the game consistently to make sure you're not in the wrong place. Um, so I think he's he is going to take some time to fit into like a whatever role a team wants him to fit into. He probably hasn't played that role before, at least not all the time. But again, actually, he's also a very good run defender, tackles well, does take a few aggressive angles, but not horrendously so. Um, and, you know, wasn't wasn't really asked to play as like a stack and shed linebacker and wasn't really asked to play as sort of a, a deep zone linebacker or a sort of um, classical man coverage um, safety even. Sorry, safety is not linebackers. Um, but but wasn't totally asked to play any of them. So he's... There, I can see how there might be some concern that he's more of a jack-of-all-trade and master of none, but also coming from a small school, that's quite often how, you know, say uh, Nazir Adderley, who came out of Delaware last year, kind of was used in a not dissimilar way uh, where, where the team clearly sees they have a talent who is significantly better than most players they have on defence and just kind of gets them to, to make the most impact possible. So, yeah, he, he's... If you're looking for sort of a developmental option, he's kind of the the best developmental option in my mind. Can sort of play that uh, hybrid safety role um, somewhere between sort of the can play a little bit of everything. In the best in the best case scenario, is he can play a bit of deep coverage. He can come and slot and play some man, and can also feature in the box occasionally. But yeah, no, he he's he, at the moment he's more a combination of skills rather than a particularly polished anything. If that makes sense. Yes, I mean every time you ever watch any show uh, around uh, around the draft, and, and you hear pundits mm. on TV talking, um, often one of these sort of jack of all trade players comes up, and and someone yeah. on there will be really hot on them and saying they can do everything, and then there'll always be that other guy that turns around and says, "That's not what you need in the NFL." You know, it's the, the same so, argument you see every single time. So. Where where do you stand that? Because it must be for a guy who's, you know, from what you've just saying there, is one of, if not the most talented player on on that school's defense, and actually is by being that talented, is that actually hampering his development at a position to make it into the NFL? 
So I think it depends a little bit. I, I think, obviously, players do develop a lot even after they arrive in the NFL. So I think if, if he is if he is able to learn and, and, and is sort of malleable, for lack of a better word, then I don't think it's necessarily an issue long term. It just takes a bit of time. I think in terms of the idea of these kind of um, hybrid, multi-tool, linebacker slash safety type players, and there definitely are examples of them, I think one... There probably aren't as many of them as people seem to think. So the, the ones who are actually genuinely good as opposed to just um, not really being good enough at anything to fit in one particular role is probably a, a slight concern. But I think it's also it depends so much on your defense. And also you can only have so many of them on a defense. So there are really good examples. So like a, 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 a you know Shaq Thompson has kind of been that early in his career. Um, and Derwin James is another example, probably more on the safety side of someone who, who if you watched him at Florida State, he did a lot of things well, but he didn't sort of directly transform exactly into any into sort of the archetypal box safety or the archetypal free safety. And his value is that he can do so many different things well, rather than that he kind of has this clear defined NFL role. If you were sort of you know drawing up a defense in 1985, say, um, and and so he can add a huge amount of value to a defense, but you need to have the pieces around those players to allow them to be those pieces. And there's no point having a defense that's full of those pieces because you do you fundamentally need a structure and you can afford to have 10 players with a very sort of archetypal role with another player who you use in a variety of different ways. But but you have to have a schematic flexibility to work around those players and you also have to have the talent around them that allows them to be that. So I think they definitely exist and I think that is definitely a way that, that defences can make use of these kind of hybrid players. But you actually have to have an idea of how you want to use them, not just that they've got some nice skills. And you also importantly have to have to not have too many of those players and not rely just on having loads of talented players rather than a clear idea of, of how they work together. Oh yeah, that's really interesting. Like I say, it's something I always hear uh, around draft time, and it's something I've always kind of thought. You know, who's who's just being you know given the hot take here, and who? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about. So it's quite an interesting I, way to look I, at it. I think there's also a little bit sometimes where where maybe it's a little bit lazy, and if you've got a smaller linebacker, you just kind of you you or or a bigger safety, it kind of easy to get pushed into that role. And we'll talk about that a bit probably a bit more when we get to the. the the, the strong safeties where you kind of get these players who who don't fit sort of easily into either box and so people uh, sort of define them as these sort of hybrid players rather than going like well ultimately he's just a, a little bit skinny linebacker what he needs to do is hit a weight room and add 10 pounds and then then he's then he's that or you know maybe he just needs to sort of maybe lose five pounds and then he can be more of a safe so, so i think sometimes people try and make them fit into this hybrid mold or, or hybrid lack of mold rather rather than sort of accepting who they really are as players and and trying to to develop them to just be as good as that as possible yeah uh, that's that's a beautiful segue into your your next pick who mm-hmm. is probably someone who is on the bigger end um of the scale yeah. like jeremy chin was in, in kyle duggar yeah he he dug a really interesting one um so he's really high on some boards um, and he's certainly been hugely productive at, at, at sort of FB, uh, FCS level. Um, but it, it's not totally clear exactly how he fits. So whereas uh, maybe this is sort of a little bit sort of asked about face for lack of a better term. But but so whereas Chin kind of 
did all these things well and you kind of just have to work out how to use those. Duggar did did things well, but it's not kind of clear how they work together. That he was almost used like a big cornerback or like a big slot corner. Um, but he was used in quite a quite a difficult to transfer way, just partly just because of the way that the, 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 the defense ran. And he obviously has lots of skill sets. And don't get me wrong, like I still have a, I'm pretty sure I have a third round grade on him. Um, yeah, I do. Um, but but he's maybe maybe more of a, a player who you just have to go, right, well, this is how we see using him and we're going to just develop him to be this because at the moment he is he is much more of kind of a an a set of a set of uncombined skills that he that he has has the ability to play man coverage to a reasonable reasonably high degree um, and has ball skills and, and and the speed to run with receivers and and is 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 a a fairly good sort of man coverage uh, player with the ability to play to play zone um, but maybe his run defense isn't really where you'd want it to be potentially um and partly because of how he was used it's it's not clear exactly how how he would fit in an nfl defense uh, these, these all sound like criticisms and that and they're, they're they're not really it's just he he's someone who i think a team some teams will have a really clear vision of how he fits into their into their defense and some, I think, will probably struggle to work out how he actually works. Whether he's sort of uh, whether he makes sense to move more as like a deep coverage safety. Whether he he plays more of a, um, a sort of a, a big nickel role. I think I think the difference, the main difference between him and Chin, say, is that whereas Chin is a a, a genuinely good run defender, um, who who kind of the question is more about how you use him in coverage. With Duggar, it's kind of more about exactly how the skills all fit together. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm not totally clear in my head how I would use him were he to be a player on 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 a, on a, on a team um, for me. But but uh, I think he 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 is a good player, and he's certainly worth um, examining thoroughly in sort of pre-draft um, workouts and stuff because there are a lot of skills to like there. And don't get me wrong, he he's a, a really good athlete who 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 is shows a lot of nice things in coverage. I'm just not totally sure how easily that will transfer into kind of a, an, an NFL type defense and, and whether he is necessarily good enough at those things that you build your whole scheme about making him fit if you can't find an exact sort of puzzle piece role for him. Cool. Good stuff. Well, that's your, your top five at free safety. Yeah. Is there an honorable mention for anyone else before we move on to the, to the strong safety? Um, I think Jordan Fuller was was somebody who I certainly would would be interested in in having a a longer look at if I was an NFL team. Um, he has a lot of really nice movement skills and stuff. He his his range and uh, his uh, uh, sort of yeah sort of movement skills effectively in 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 coverage are really quite interesting, um, particularly for a guy who is probably getting more of a mid round option. Um, but it isn't quite clear exactly again like he, he probably isn't he probably is like a deep his best role is probably this kind of you know clear sort of either cover three free safety or maybe sort of like a, a, a the the deeper cover man on, on a on a on a two safety situation um but it, he didn't really stand out a ton in terms of, of his, his sort of processing in zone it wasn't that he was bad but he was kind of very very cautious very um 
I think it was Taylor Rapp out of Washington last year who was sort of somewhat similar in that he essentially his job was to make sure no one got over the top of him and he was quite good at that but it did mean that he was sometimes a bit passive in playing stuff underneath him because he just stood off it and made sure no one got over the top of him which when you're Ohio State you can kind of do because you've got loads of talent and the odds of someone building a drive against you are quite low um but but yeah you you'd want to see him him tested maybe a bit more in terms of how he can he can process what's going on in front of him and, and yeah he's a he's a he's a, he's a perfectly decent run defender but he's not going to stand out in that regard but he's probably someone who I could see becoming a really useful starter but who you just have a few concerns about and doesn't really clearly um doesn't clearly have the skills to play the position to a high level even if he has the physical traits to definitely play the position to a high level. So he, he's, I think, I think I've got a fourth round grade in him, but he, he's somebody who, who I think if you had much, a lot of confidence in his ability to, 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 to process and play a more aggressive safety role that, that he, he, he could, could rise quite a lot on your draft board. Is that another one for, for the interviews and for the combine then? Do you think that yeah. when they talk, they, they could see that he, he's got that in him? Yeah, I think I think also I, it's something that maybe I might do if I have a bit more time later in the draft process is take more of a look at, at how he played, sort of particularly against sort of the big teams and see if he sort of almost compared like for like whether he was more aggressive when the games were kind of less sort of in the bag effectively. Um, and and also you know, you know I have I have watched quite a lot of tape on him, um, but I haven't watched every game he's played and whether you can find examples of him be if you can find examples of him being aggressive whether he is good aggressive or bad aggressive i think that's the thing is because you, you can tell a player to go and attack the ball more but what you really want to know is that when he does that is he doing that in a responsible way or whether he's just flinging himself at the ball occasionally so i think if, if you're an nfl team that has quite a lot more scouts than, than 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 we do as a publication um then then that's something that i think you could you could probably delve into more deeply and try and work out you know, try and extrapolate from the few, exa- the few examples where he might have been more aggressive and see if you can work out what what it was that caused him to be more aggressive in those situations, effectively. But again, this is where you start getting, you know, ultimately with, with NFL evaluation, you can do so much based on tape and kind of be, be fairly rigorous. Um, but at some point, you kind of almost have to start going into sort of cod psychology and going like, right, why do we think a player is doing this? And you can do that with interviews, but but you do, you do have to start sort of... Um, creating hypotheses about, about about why a player is doing something i think which i think is is hard to do and and something that i think then then creates the risk which is why you then drag him down as a, as a prospect if that makes sense yeah that, that's that's great i think the the most shocking um, part of all that is that nfl teams have a, a bigger scouting budget than we do that's uh yeah no, yeah that, that. And, and see if we can get some funds moved around a bit yeah, no, that would certainly be appreciated, I must say. Maybe a pay rise, yeah. Yeah, if, if someone feels feels like hiring um, several video analysts for the right report, please, please, please get in touch. It would be, be greatly appreciated. <laughs> cool. Well, that's a, a, a nice, nice uh, light-hearted finish to uh, free safety. Let's move on to the, the strong safety then. Yeah. A um, couple of people we, we, we want to talk about here. Yeah. Um, and your your sort of top pick at this position is. Uh, Antoine Winfield. So yes. tell us about him. Quite and, small, um, small guy comparatively. Yeah, I think it's probably crucial if you feel like Googling these people, it's worth saying he's actually Antoine Winfield Jr. Because if you Google Antoine Winfield, you'll get the Vikings cornerback, who I think is his dad. Um, oh. but, but yeah, no, 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 no it's, it's, it's one of those things where, where it's just... He's stuck yeah, around yeah. in college for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he's made a pro role as well, actually. Um, 
but but yeah no he's he's it's interesting so he was at minnesota and he's one of those guys who i think is probably going to be best suited to playing more of a strong safety role in the nfl but some teams might well have a take a look at him as a as a free safety because he is he his ability to read the game in coverage is, is in zone coverage is excellent at minnesota he kind of played a bit between sort of in the box and deeper in zone uh, he he can play a bit of man coverage particularly against bigger like against tight ends and stuff he, he's probably more suited but but can can just about play man coverage against receivers um, but his real skill is processing deep in zone. He's got great ball skills. He breaks on the ball really well. He reads uh, what's going on in front of him really well. Um, he's a really solid tackler. He works off blocks quite well. He takes great angles. He's not, I don't think he's ever going to be the the, the the kind of centerpiece for a defense, but he's just a really nicely well-rounded player who, who can play either sort of in the box as a sort of a, a, a probably more pass-focused strong safety or could sort of fill again another option for sort of that sort of more sort of hybrid role. If say you're the Panthers and you, you drafted him, he's kind of somebody who you could maybe play at free safety on earlier downs, and then uh, when you get sort of clear passing situations, if you move Reed to linebacker, he then comes in as sort of the strong safety, and someone else would come on in the free safety. So he, he offers you some kind of flexibility in, in terms of how you use him and stuff, and just has a really nicely well-rounded skill set, even if he's not excellent um, in either run or pass defense. And you mentioned linebacker again there, which I guess is it's quite interesting for me. I'd never really considered that sort of parallel that you have with with safety and linebacker. It's effectively um, just a spectrum, really. I mean, I mean, it, it, there are kind of like clear defined chunks on the spectrum, but but it is kind of ultimately it, it, it's the balance between sort of ability to play the run in the box and the size to do so and sort of the movement skills to play in coverage. And obviously the best players like say a Luke Keekley or a Thomas Davis um, have both, but, 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 but for mere mortals, it's kind of where on that kind of spectrum you lay. Yeah, cool. And, and interesting, the next up um, as one of your choices, someone who a lot of people have listed um, pretty low, but also listed as a linebacker. Uh, yeah you're looking at as a as a possible linebacker conversion and when you look at his his height at six six foot and two and five pounds it kind of starts to make sense yeah i think he's he, more suited to a safety position it will be very interesting to see what he weighs in at the combine at assuming he, he goes to the combine because if he weighs in at 230 or 225 i think that's then him putting himself very much in the linebacker boat and i think actually as a linebacker his his movement skills give him a really interesting intriguing upside and i, I think he would be a, a highly draftable prospect as a linebacker but just needs to be far better against the run in terms of just physicality you know ultimately if, if, if the 205 pound listing is correct he is a very small linebacker um, but he, he moves really well. He has the, the size and the power to play the run really well. He actually works off blocks quite well, having said that he's not the biggest guy, but but where he struggles is that he sometimes sort of almost goes backwards in an attempt to avoid having to shed a block, which which you can kind of do as a safety in a clear-up role, but you definitely can't do as a linebacker taking on on, on the block at the point of attack. Um, but he, he does need to get better at that regardless. That's not It's not okay as a safety. It's just less of an issue. Um but yeah, he's got great movement skills for a player of his size, um, good speed and quickness. He actually reads the game quite well in the zone. Um, his ball skills aren't amazing, but like he has some ball skills that kind of limits his ceiling a little bit, I suppose, if, if, in terms of, sort of the number of, of, of plays he's likely to make on the back end. Um, but has sort of man coverage potential um, and 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 is a is a is a good tackler. I I think he he is somebody who who 
who almost teams will, will want to talk to him about that. And he, he should talk to teams about how they view him because he, you know, ultimately he, he needs to com- re- at some point commit to probably either bulking up and having a go at playing linebacker or focusing, maybe shedding a few pounds and playing much more of that kind of box safety role. Um, and I think he could be good at either, but whatever one he picks, he has to commit at and go for, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, that certainly does make sense. And, and it's quite interesting looking at some of your picks here and just looking at the size of them and how they really quite, they vary quite a lot <laughs> considering yeah. they're all playing a similar position. Um, and up next, you've got a pretty short guy in, in Geno Stone who's yeah. a list of 5'10". Yeah, um, the, sorry, the, the, the one caveat I would say quickly is that these listings are based on what teams list them at, which one <laughs> yeah. vary somewhat, but also are sometimes just plain lies. Um, so, so these are numbers that when you get into the combine and they actually start having, I mean, some of the senior ball guys have done already, but, but when they actually start getting measured properly, um, then you'll start getting an idea of whether this is kind of like, well, he was listed at 205 pounds, but he's just weighed in at 190 pounds or, or, or sort of, you know, vice versa. So I would take the numbers with a little bit of a pinch of salt until we get sort of official, official, official combine numbers, shall we say? Yeah. It sometimes feels that after, you know, after the, these players arrive, at the teams as well they're never measured again <laughs> throughout their career yeah. <laughs> you go, no, I, even if you look at cam you know some his weight has has changed considerably but okay. i'm not sure it has ever on panthers.com <laughs> no 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 I, I mean ultimately the numbers only really matter um based on how, how much they vary if that makes sense and at some positions they like obviously as a nose tackle you fundamentally have to have a certain amount of bulk in the offensive line um it's more it's more like you you want to see how players kind of change effectively. So if a guy looks really skinny on tape and then shows up at the combine really bulky, it, it kind of you you have to go like, well, is this him making improvement or is this him having sacrificed or quite often you see the others where where guys slim down for the combine and kind of look well, to I'm run faster. Right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you might you, you you might have run faster, but you're also weighing like 290 pounds as a nose tackle. So you you, you know you. you the, it, it, it's it's not the end of the world. You just want to sort of confirm what you see with your eyes as a physical measurable, effectively. Cool. So um, yeah, Gino Stone yeah, yeah, so. sort of touched on there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Segue into uh, into diet and and, and size. Um, <laughs> what uh, what do you see in Gino that 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 sort of flicks your switch? So I think he's another guy who shows a lot of sort of really nice. You know, for, for a player who is so I think. Again, he is listed at 210 pounds. Whether he weighs in less than that, I don't know. But but for who is he look on tape, he looks like a a, a, a reasonably sort of physically well built player, and he moves really really well for a player of his size, uh, with speed, quickness, movement skills, all of it. He reads the game pretty well um, with good ball skills. Um, wasn't asked to play a ton of man coverage, um, but his movement skills are, are, are good, and his footwork was at least okay. So there is some hope for him developing a sort of man coverage ability. Um, as as a tackler, he was was generally pretty good as a run defender, um, but he, he again wasn't really asked to play in sort of in the box in the box that much, um, and and did miss a few more tackles than you would like. So he, again, he's he's probably more on the developmental side, um, not that because he's kind of a, a, a pure sort of gamble, but but just there's there's a lot of nice things, but they kind of need to be moulded a little bit. Um, but again, I think he he's somebody who who could probably I don't think he quite has the coverage upside of a Winfield in terms of his ability to make plays in zone, but but kind of 
has both the size to play in the box and the movement skills to sort of play maybe a bit deeper. So there will be some teams, I think, who maybe see him more of a, as a free safety. But I think his, his sort of best role would be as that kind of um, hyper-mobile box safety. Cool. OK, so um, again, same question as uh, as last time. Is anyone else that you sort of want to give a honourable mention to on your board that you think is um, someone to keep up, someone who could shoot up people's boards after you know meetings and combines and things like that uh, maybe antoine brooks out of maryland might be able to uh, but there are, so there, there are a few i think so i think i think the thing with with um with, with strong safety in particular is that there are there there is a, a sort of a bit of a tendency um for college safeties who don't have the speed to play it free safety in, in the nfl to just kind of get lumped as box safeties even though they really aren't box safeties, and, and don't get me wrong, that's kind of that that makes a lot of sense because ultimately, if they're going to succeed, they have to learn to be those players. But there are some guys, maybe sort of a a Terrell Burgess out of Utah, who who does have pretty good movement skills. Like for for a strong safety, he he would be on sort of the the the, the certainly above average in terms of movement skills and speed and that, but probably doesn't ha- isn't quite good enough to play deep zone on a consistent level. But on the flip side because he was largely asked to play that role at Utah is on the, on the smaller side for what you'd want for someone to play in the box. So he's probably, he's sort of effectively a free safety to strong safety convert. And and he's going to have to learn to be a better run defender and to, to, to not, not, not from a, sorry, I don't mean in terms of tackling and stuff, but more in terms of just physically needs to be bigger and stronger to take on blockers in the box rather than just as a cleanup tackler. Um, so, so again, yeah, there there are some guys. I think, yeah, but there are. The, if I'm honest, there are a lot of the strong safeties um, in college. Essentially, just just don't have are, are are either strong safeties because they're effectively linebackers who don't have the the run defense, or they're strong safeties because they just don't have the the speed and the coverage ability to play to play in deep zone. The the strong safety role is kind of not dying out. That's not fair at all. But but is players like Eric Reed probably are not as valuable now as they would have been 10, 15 years ago. And it's quite clear that where Eric Reed was drafted and where Eric Reed is regarded now are kind of different things. That that the the, the kind of to to be a good strong safety now you have to be able to do the, the sort of the good run defense but ultimately the the pass coverage side is more important, which is why guys like like Geno Stone who are these kind of very um, athletic and and good run defenders, but but their value is not that they're excellent run defenders, but rather that they're 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 competent run defenders who can play the pass well. That that's kind of more where the position seems to be going. So it it's not one that really um, suits much of a developmental role, just just because of the the. The, the odd way it's kind of features now between linebacker and 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 safety and sort of free safety for a lot of teams. So I'm not sure that maybe maybe it's just the, the recent draft classes as well. But I don't think there are a ton of sort of high upside uh, guys. But there are a few guys with with sort of movement skills and stuff. But but I, whereas I think there are clear developmental options at free safety. It's sort of I'm not sure there are the same range of options at strong safety. I think I think it's a better free safety class than a strong safety class. Cool. Okay, so um, question we're going to probably be going over quite a lot and appreciate it's a difficult one to answer. But do you see the Panthers taking any of these guys? Is this something that you think we're going to be prioritising? I, I don't think it's a super high priority. I think guys like McKinney and Delpit and maybe even Davis 
are probably going to go a bit too high for the Panthers. You know, unless you somehow manage to to fill all these other needs and you go in with safety as kind of you know either either one of these guys falls and is just clearly the best player left on the draft board, or where you get to the point where you you, you kind of are filling safety is a relative priority. I think those sort of top three free safeties are probably going to be a bit too rich. Um, I think the the players who might make more sense are the Winfields, the Stones, and, and maybe even sort of a, a, a Chin, who might be available more sort of towards the end of day two, beginning of day three, um, who maybe don't have sort of the, the pure coverage safety upside, um, but can sort of fill the... Either either play sort of someone say like a a chin who could maybe either you develop to be the the partner for for Reed if you want to play a two safety role or maybe you look to find as that sort of um, middle safety or, or I think it's kind of I think depending on what you want to do I think you could either uh, look you could look to try and find like you know, we're going to draft Austin Davis and this is our long term answer at free safety and I think that would be fine. Um, I, I just don't see a situation where the Panthers are in a position to do that this year. I think Austin Davis is a better player who, if the Panthers, say hypothetically the Panthers had been really good last year and they were looking to retool rather than rebuild, then I think Austin Davis, uh, Ashton Davis, sorry, um, would make a lot of sense. Um, I think they're probably more likely to look towards the more developmental upside type players, so the the, 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 the Chins and the Winfields and the Stones. I think it's probably more where I see the Panthers going in the draft at safety. Good stuff. Well, that just about wraps us up um, for this week's episode. Um, please do subscribe, like, comment, review and all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, do give us a follow on Twitter as well. I'm at Royal Riot UK. Uh, Vincent, how can people get in touch with you? I am at VRichardson444. Great. Thank you very much again this week, Vincent. That's all from us. But do join us next time on 